0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Radio Islam International with me, Sister Advisor Munshi, on the New Horizons program on this Wednesday morning, alhamdulillah. Today, we're talking about a difficult topic, um, something many people have had to experience uh, or see their, their own families go through, and that is cancer. But we're talking about cancer awareness. And the special spin on today's program is that we are speaking to a woman who has actually been diagnosed. With cancer and is going through her treatment um, and getting an idea from her you know how that process is it, so it's a very human perspective to that it's a very um, personal perspective with regard to cancer it's the way we be that that's how we we are going into the program today inshallah so we're talking inshallah to Yumna seven and she's going to tell us about her experience with regard to cancer but also she, in, her, in the process, um, she has gone onto social media uh, and been very vocal about it. So you is she's very brave. You know, when she found out about the cancer, um, she took her journey online um, and she created an amazing range of videos and discussions around her diagnosis. So we want to check, uh, chat to her about that diagnosis unpack her road to recovery. Understand what it is. Understand the emotions behind it. You know, there's when it comes to illnesses, it's not just um it's physical it's mental it's emotional it's spiritual it's all of these parts of of the human being that come into play um and it's inshallah it will be an interesting discussion to get it from someone who is experiencing it because i do believe that many times as humans when people get a a, a diagnosis it could go one of two ways they could really step up and try you know and be brave and be able to take it on but many could even fold you know, um, and take the diagnosis, and really just it could it could really take um you know beat them up emotionally mentally in a way that where physically it could be they could recover from it from a mental emotional perspective, it becomes very difficult for those people, so I think it's important many times to look at illnesses, sicknesses that have a physical. You know side to it, but also understanding as human beings how do be different people deal with it how do people you know how do people view it? you know if you go online um like Yumna has done with her journey, what is the view from other people that she's taken a journey online that she's been vocal about it? Is it always positive? does she have both sides you know have to deal with positive and negative? so inshallah, we will break that down with her in a few minutes when we get online, inshallah in the program and then Later on in the program, like we do every week now, um, we we'll spend a few minutes with life lessons—a uh, space to ponder weekly about the little things and the big things that take place in our world and the lessons we derive from it. This week, I had to—I ha- I know it's—it's it's a heavy word, um, but I want to talk about failure uh, and I want to talk about it from the word and what it, you know, conjures up in our in the image in our head, and then how in the last week. I have seen people see failure in so many different ways that has actually opened my eyes to understanding and thinking how do we as parents deal with this metric here that that many people have gone through have had to deal with results as they came out and how each person views you know this world failure i'm going to say failure in inverted commas but failure in so many different ways because some um have done brilliantly but still don't feel that that exuberance, because they may have come down in one subject's subject, some may not have gotten any of their a's as as they expected. It's just so many different ways of looking at this, and as much as the word failure seems like a very strong word to use in this context, I do believe many of the children in this process that are where they're in right now are feeling that, and I want to talk about you know in those few minutes in the in the in the idea that we're looking at our life lessons, what, what's happening in our uh, communities at this point in time. For now, I feel like this, this, there's a heaviness for our children in terms of for many of the kids out there trying to get into university and feeling perhaps like a failure, like I said. Um, but maybe we need to talk about what are ways forward? How do they look at this? What are some positive ways in which we can take this? And move forward with the kids so for now we're going to take a short break get some ads get my uh, guest on the line inshallah and we'll talk about these two spaces we're going to talk about cancer awareness and later on in the program inshallah in the life lessons section we're going to talk about failure stay tuned assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh welcome back to radio islam international with me sister faiza munchi on the new horizons program on this wednesday we're talking about cancer awareness today um, and my guest on the line is sister yumna sabin assalamu alaikum
1: Wa alaikum salam sister Saida, How are you doing? Alhamdulillah, and yourself? Alhamdulillah, just coping with the hot Cape Town weather, but Alhamdulillah, I hope it's not that hot to your side. <laughs> ya Allah.
0: Well. The, the weather patterns will leave for, for a conversation for another day. It seems it needs a whole <laughs> program. It really does. I'm uh, not i
1: I'm
0: not I'm i, does, I <laughs> <laughs> Yumna Jazakillah, and thank you so much for being on today's program. I think it's an important one to, um, you know, highlight an important issue to highlight in terms of cancer awareness, but also coming from, you know, someone who is going through it at this point in time. And often when we have a program, it's you know people who have beat cancer or you know have done the journey. Our conversation is a little bit different today, isn't it?
1: Yes, yes, uh, indeed. I think. Uh, I often find myself in a situation where people either classify me as being a survivor of cancer or someone who doesn't really have the end result yet, you know. So, um, I'm actually very lucky to feel like, you know, to be able to share the story and the journey as it's progressing, Alhamdulillah, so, yeah. So, I mean, it's
0: it's unusual. To be honest, right? That you mm-hmm. would have someone like you saying it's often mm-hmm. when you've survived cancer that you're able to speak about it and you talk about your journey. It's quite mm-hmm. unusual. to Say, okay, so Yumna has been diagnosed with cancer. um We'll tell us you can tell us about that that part in a minute. Mm-hmm. You've been diagnosed, so and you decide to go online with this journey. Let's mm-hmm. start there. We'll go into sort of you know. Um, as I said in my introduction, you know, when it comes to cancer, any illness, it's, it's physical. But then there's also so many, you know, aspects. There's the mental, the emotional, the spiritual. It's all interlinked. But when That's it true. comes to this idea of you saying, okay, I have been diagnosed with cancer, and I'm going to go online with this journey, please tell us the, the thought pattern behind that, and why mm-hmm. why was it important for you to do that?
1: So, um, father, I. I've always been, uh, with with the career that I'm in at the moment, I I am a life coach, but also before that, um, if you were to interview all my old bosses, they would always say that I I was always very conscious about learning and literally call call myself or name myself a student of life, in that I I would would want to practically experience learning and see it move from uh, you know, from from what people say or the theory says versus what the practicalities are. And uh, Subhanallah, I think um, at the beginning of this year, my journey started where I, you know, one of the one of the goals that I wanted to achieve um, was to kind of uh, connect and become closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And little did I know that it was going to come in this way. But more so, my ability to serve uh, women specifically and the community with the work that I do um, was basically the foundation of why I wanted to share this. Um, I'm not somebody who holds back in life with regards to life experiences, um, but I also firmly believe, sorry, I also firmly believe that that, um, we can learn from each other and support each other (laughs) because in that way, we build communities of healing. And I think that's very important as I've been journeying through this process Um, I've soon realized that we are actually holding on to really powerful information um, while Mm -hmm. we're going through the scans and not just at the end, um, you know, when everything is kind of um, settled or we know we we cannot talk historically. We can actually help and support people while we are going through it. And that's what I chose to do. I chose to make it public, share with people the ins and outs of it, the good and the not so good, so that we can educate and help others, you know, walk through the journey easier, inshallah.
0: For me, that's the power, powerful part of what you're doing. Um, it's the conscious decision to come out and say that I will do this even though I don't know the outcome. Now, you know, many of us, every day, life is like that. We don't know the outcome. But when you've been given a diagnosis of cancer, for example, we want to be able to say, okay, there's a prognosis and this is where things are going to go. But we never know, right? Just like everything else. Yeah, you're in this journey, for me, the powerful part about this is that you're saying You know what through this journey through the 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 ups and the downs we're going to get through this together so to speak what do you say to a woman who um goes to her doctor today gets a mammogram and gets the diagnosis but is too afraid to even tell her own family or she feels a massive stigma attached to her having cancer um how would you say to her you know as she leaves their doctor's rooms for example
1: yeah. So I think the first the first message that she should tell herself is that it's going to be okay. And I know that sounds corny because that's the word that I often use. And I often need to remind remind myself the power of those actually, those words actually. Because when we say it's, it's going to be okay, we also say Alhamdulillah. Because we are saying that this too comes from Allah. And irrespective of which way it goes, we can only choose to trust Him to know what is best for us and that he chose what best for was. And then secondly, I would allow her to express her emotion. She needs to cry. She needs to be, she needs to worry. She needs to have the fear. She needs to feel anxious. She needs to get the emotion out um, and allow herself to actually journey through this process, um, being quite gentle on herself because Wallahi, well, as you had mentioned earlier, when the, the introduction this journey is not just about the physical cancer. It is a definite mental game. It is a mindset game. And I used to, you know, look at people, you know, the motivational speakers, and they say, you know what, it's your mental mindset and you can accomplish anything. And I used to think, okay, okay, uh, we'll see we'll see about that. But Wallahi, well, now that I'm walking the journey, I now understand. Um, but cancer does rock up, Saiza, and it, it, it does... Pull you down to a point where depression creeps in. Where you ask yourself, why is this happening to me? You know, why, why now? And I don't, i feel, you know, you are com- you 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 surrounded by family, but you actually feel alone because guess what? Life continues for everyone else, and your life is only about the next chemo, the next option the next session, and so forth. So these are whole mental mindset that needs to obviously shift. And then the third thing for for me would be to tell her that she's, uh, knowing that she's going to be okay, knowing that she's allowed to show emotion, she would need to start planning because planning plays a big role with regards to how you actually are able to have a stress-free um, or, or I wouldn't say this is a stress-free program, but I think minimize the amount of um, unexpected uh, mishaps or stress that happens through the program, you know, through the treatment plan. So, yeah, and I mean, there's such a lot of other lessons that I've learned through the process, but I also think that she should also not feel like she's alone. And I think besides the cancer word being, which starting with a C, I think the very next letter should have been an S for support, because this is uh, yes. immense support that you get through, through this program, obviously, uh, through the treatment, obviously also helps mm-hmm. and supports you uh, along the way.
0: Now, I'd love to get into some of the, the other questions as you know, pop, as they pop into yeah. my mind, you know. Often when we do yes. the program, as as the guest speaks, there's just so much that comes to mind. But the one thing I want to ask, you know, as I, I ask the question about if someone else were walking out of the doctor's rooms, but you were diagnosed in 2023, yeah. let's talk about your emotions at the time, because now you've got hindsight. But then you didn't. Mm-hmm. So what was it like for you in that raw moment when you found out? Because cancer, like you said, it's a very scary diagnosis. We mm-hmm. the first thing we think of is mortality, we think about, you know, death, which we're meant to think about as Muslims all the time. But let's be honest. We yeah. we avoid it as as we can. So when right. you're given a diagnosis, that becomes very real. What was yes. it for you now that you look at that emotion, you know, your your raw reaction to being
1: diagnosed? So, yeah, sure. So um Firstly, I found out on a routine mammogram um, that I had a 1.2-centimeter lump hidden away, snuggling up nicely without me knowing anything, because I had no symptoms, there were no signs whatsoever. Um, And so when the doctor contacted me after the biopsy and said, Yumna, you need to come in, please ask someone to drive you, I thought, okay, here we go, something's not right. So I mentally kind of knew that something wasn't okay. When she finally Uh said the words, you know, Yumna, we found cancer. my my brain switched into action mode i said okay fine sure that was my reaction i said okay so what are we going to do <laughs> you know it was like i'm in denial this is not happening and let's just tell me what are we going to do who's the doctor who do i need to go see what you know what the tests are but and how are you taking the, this away now
0: yeah yeah exactly is that's is that thought pattern? like how are you take exactly this away? so you told
1: me this but
0: so, yes. so yes. give
1: me solution. So now give me the okay. solution. What What you just Why are we still sitting and sitting here <laughs> talking about this? Yes. But you know what, Sizer, it really only hits you later on when you sit in silence and you realize, Oh my gosh! I, you know, I, I told myself I you I actually have cancer. I don't know how far it is. I don't know what's happening. I'm a single mom. I'm um, I'm a, a breadwinner. Um, I, as my kids are, well, most of them are are, are big But, you know, I've got a seven-year-old What's going to happen to him? And the, the thought of, of this does pop in It does, it's a reality What if I die now? How am I going to die? Who's going to do what? You know, the, the, the thought process of it But there's this internal raw emotion That comes up around um, questioning You know, is this yeah. the end? You know, is this is this how it's going to end for me? Am I not going to go through all this treatment? I'm going to lose my hair. I'm going to be sick all the time. I might end up in hospital most of the time. I and mean, then I'm going to have a gen. you know, so, so your brain overthinks all of this. And literally, you, and this is where the support comes in. I had to get people around me to tell me, you know, you know what? You still have a choice in the matter. You actually do choose. And, and that was a powerful lesson for me to learn where um, somebody shared with me, that I, I can choose how I want to go through this journey. You can choose to sulk about it and, you know, lay in bed whole day and just, you know, expect the worst. Or you can choose to look at this as a journey of discovery and transformation and learning and transition. And alhamdulillah, that has been one of the strongest pathways of my healing journey, which is the choice aspect. As for the family... I had to immediately tell them. The doctor immediately suggested that I do that so that the stress is off. And even when they sat here in the lounge with me that evening, it didn't knock me up. At- even then mm-hmm. I was going, you know, no, this is not happening, let's just get going. And I think the first realization was when I came out of theater and um, they, they did the lumpectomy and all of that. And I realized at that point that this has actually become very real. You know, because the scars is there. It shows yeah. every time I, I want to brush my hair, I don't have hair at the moment, but every time I want to do something or look in the mirror, I'm re- reminded that I actually have cancer. Um, so they are real deep emotions, and yes, therapy is very much recommended um, because when, for example, after chemo, after chemo, the week after chemo, there's literally a decrease of um the, the mental things because you're tired, you're nauseous, you can't eat properly, there's just a lot of um physical, um almost disability if I can call it. But at that point it's not just the physical stuff, it's the mental stuff too. So you 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 know, you ask yourself how long should I still go through this? Remember your doctor says, the oncologist says, you know you've got six months of chemo, three months of red devil, Three months of, you know, you learn all all these terms, baclitaxel, weekly chemo, and then you've got three months of radiation. I already wrote off until July this year. I'm not even having a 2024. (laughs) I'm just kind of going through the treatment. So you are exhausted right at the beginning, physically drained, emotionally drained, um, and yet life goes on for everyone else. So mentally you need to have support with regards to a therapist or a counselor, um, some good friends, happy friends, people who, who are cheering you on. So to me, Alhamdulillah, I've been blessed to have that, and I can call on that at any time, but I really feel for the woman who really doesn't have that, and this is why I chose to share my journey, because if you're doing this on your own, you are not going to survive it. I can tell you that straight away. You're either going to go into a deep depression, and, uh, you know, um, and, and then you're going to have to struggle to get through that after the cancer treatment, but it's very important that you put these support mechanisms in place to help you through through the process. And I've met amazing people, Faisal and Wallahi. They are amazing women that I haven't even met yet that are sharing recipes to eat, what to have after chemo, and some tips on how to um, get over the nausea. And it, it's working, Wallahi. And I wish that we could share more of that with other women who are just experiencing the worst side effects, you know. So, alhamdulillah, inshallah, hopefully with these initiatives, we will get those messages across, mean, Sure. Let's speak a little bit more about
0: the mental game and also spiritually what it does for you. We're going to take a short break, uh, you know, and when we come back, I want to talk about, you know, in terms of spiritually in terms of family in terms of the kids what are some of the journeys each one goes on with you through this whole process but now we shall break for some ads when we come back to speak more to him not stay barakatuh welcome back to radio islam international with me sister Munji, my guest on the line is sister yuna seven we've been talking about cancer from a personal perspective of what she's going through at this point in time um Yumna has been diagnosed with invasive ductal carcinoma which is breast cancer and that was in september 2023 and is on a nine-month treatment program. As a single mother, professional life coach, business owner, all of that mixed into one. Um, Yumna, I want to bring in, you know, we spoke a bit about the mental game with regard to you as patient needing to have that sort of mental capacity to deal with what's going on. Do we as human beings, Yumna, and as mothers in particular, try too hard to make sure that, you know, we... Um, We protect the mental health of everyone else around us as well, despite going through what we are going through, like for yourself with the cancer, what you are Mm -hmm. going through. Is that something that you did Um, because you mentioned you have a seven-year-old? So Mm -hmm. what was that journey for you in terms of the mental game for everyone else around you?
1: It's, so, it's that opening statement of yours is, yours is so valid because as mothers and single moms, we obviously, obviously always make sure that everyone else is sorted and everyone else is seen to. And um, this journey um, doesn't encourage that at all because it actually forces you to actually put yourself first. You know, the cancer patient, or, or if I would use my example, I was very conscious and aware of how everyone else was going to experience me, and so when it came to the kids, for example, I've got uh, kids over twenty years old already, two of them, and then I've got a teenager, and then I've got the seven-year-old, and all of them had, I had my approach with them had to be different. Okay, the older ones, I could say, you know what, when you need me, what do you need from me? You know, mum's okay. I could reassure them and and they okay they just wanted to know when was your treatment what was it going to do you know very factual the seven year old however um he was very you know he's very uh, intuitive and um he, he 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 lived with me so he was obviously going to experience and see everything that was going to be happening to me physically as well and so with him i needed to myself firstly make sure from an emotional perspective that you know I would release my emotions before I literally speak to him and I would use research to kind of learn what would be the best way for me to share this journey with him and um, alhamdulillah I could use you know by means of drawings by means of storytelling I could explain to him and say you know mom um, is not well she's got cancer I use, I, I chose to use the words and i then also um explained to him that the medication the doctors will be giving me will be over a longer period of time and it's going to make me sick you know so i had to graphically explain that to him and he had he said are you going to lose your hair and i said yes i had to be very honest with him with regards to what was going to be expected and alhamdulillah i've learned that with him the more you know the more honest you are and the more truthful you are with them and upfront you are the better it is for you in the long term in the long run now he can make fun and say mom see where you've got little feathers growing or you know your ears almost as long as mine so there's that relationship that actually happened but i think yeah. from a mental perspective you need to also be able to be vulnerable as a mother and as a, as a woman you need to let your partner know how you're feeling you need to learn to communicate a little bit differently because you're gonna to have to ask people for help and i think that's a big deal um as single moms and a strong a woman today you know especially career woman um you're not for example i'm not i was never used to depending on other people to do anything for me um subhanallah and uh, through this process while my friends forced me to kind of just and don't know what, they to, what they what they what the there comes a time when you actually have to sit and say, actually, guys, I need your help. um one mm-hmm. advice that I got from a very good friend of mine she based in London, she's also a, a survivor of breast cancer. She told me up front she said, you know, actually the tip that 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 I can give you was to contract with the loved ones around you. She said, meet with with the children one one at a time." Um, mm-hmm. And contact with them and ask them what is the least, what is the least that you need from mommy, and uh, you know, and what what and this is what mommy will need from you. I didn't necessarily do it that formally, but I had a chance to speak to each other and every one, said, um, "How are you? What do you need from me?" Um, and uh, basically, that was what actually helped me feel like I was still be, uh, capable of being a yeah. mother at a specific capacity and not just not be a mom at all, you know? So, alhamdulillah. That's very That's very conscious. conscious. Yeah? Yeah,
0: that, that is just thinking, as you're saying this, that is, a, that is a very interesting way to do it, because it's a very conscious way of saying that, you know, although I cannot do my motherly duties um, yep. like I usually do, I'm still yep. the mother. I'm still yep. responsible for you, and I'm still here um, no hmm. matter what. Maybe, you know, yeah. Not, not feeling so great and not looking yeah. so great, but yeah. I'm still here as the mother. And I think that's a very important conscious thing to do because I, as women, we can we can be in any environment though, but if you are a mother, that somehow mm. becomes the first thing you use. You know, like who are you and you're a mother of three? Or, that always comes out first. I guess exactly. it's who we are. It's instinctive uh, uh, as a mother. So I think it's it's a very powerful thing to do to be able to say, what yeah. is the least is absolute minimum I can do for you, and still, you know, feel like you know what you need me, and I'm your mother, and and that relationship still stands. So, I think exactly. that's quite a powerful thing to do. Yeah, yeah, now, you know, to, yeah. 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 Carry on, yeah. No, 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 great. great. I, I was going to say that in terms of the spiritual journey, you know, yeah. um, I'm sure there's a very, very strong spiritual. Connection to being ill, to get being diagnosed with something that you're not sure where, which way this is going, and yeah. how is that? How is that journey to acceptance, and then perhaps denial a little bit, back to acceptance, a bit of anger? You know, the whole journey that we all take yeah. when there's a massive uh, aspect that we've got to deal with in life, whether it's a trauma, a loss, a death, uh, uh, illness, yeah. etc. What is that on a spiritual perspective? We've spoken a bit about mental, we've spoken about physically. Uh, a lot of us do know, hear about what, what chemo does to the body, etc. Each one is different. Um, yeah. But from a spiritual perspective, it would be very personal for every person. For you, yeah. what has that journey been like?
1: So, um, so as I mentioned, when I, when I made that tiny little goal, it was only one goal of, of improving my connection with Allah at the beginning of last year. I decided to join um, a a madrasa, a a four-year program when I learned Quran Arabic, and um, I'll always say that if it wasn't for that program, I think I would have been really different, the outcome would have been very different, or my attitude towards, um, you know, my faith and, and where I am at this moment would have been very different, because... In the first week, and that was January last year, the first few months we focused on Surah Fatihah, and um, it literally changed my perspective about how I envisioned or how I perceived the Almighty to be. My relationship with the Almighty was very much that of fear, installed by me, you know, um, from our parents and from our teachers that we had before in our lives, and it was all around. If you do this, you're going to get punished with it. And if you do that, you're going to get punished with it. All I want you to, to walk the straight line, and that is how it's going to be. However, when I joined Comer, and we literally went through the, the Surah at it changed how I saw the Almighty. That He is merciful. That He is um, the all knowing. That he, he He wants what's best for us, and He has provided for us. And I mean. When I found out I had cancer, I didn't know what I was going to do from a business perspective because I am as a coach. I am self-employed. Where was my Razi going to come from, you know? But Mm. through this journey of um, understanding his word and and how Allah wants us to be totally um, dependent on him, um, Allah has really just provided for me every single time he hasn't failed. And he's been i become very conscious about the fact that he's with me all the time. So when you go through chemo and you're feeling weak, yes, you feel angry and you say, you know, I still have so much to do and why do I have to feel so sick and why is Allah doing this? Because that's what you do as a human being. But you also get reassured that inevitably, in the end, Allah is with us all the time and we are going back to him. And so oh. when we take taken off this dunya, um, we are going to go uh back to him and he he never is just all present and so why can we not speak to him so i'll, I'll always tell my myself not even a funny thing but there were times when i was so sick that i used to speak in english i would just lay on my back and i'll say Allah. Uh, don't you want to keep you busy somewhere else? I mean, the people, you know, there are many babies in Palestine that really need you. Can you just give me a break now? <laughs> you know, but that is the kind of conversation I would, I would have because I would feel comfortable knowing that he's that close. I could just speak, you know. And it's kind of easy days where I say, yo, I, I, I crave a slice of chocolate cake, you know, and then wallahi, something would happen and I would get the slice of chocolate cake. So to me, it's been a very... um like, spiritual, uh, the connection with Allah really does change. And I mean, we are not perfect. No one is perfect, but we try. But I can tell you that I've never experienced, besides Khaj, maybe, that I've never experienced the closeness of the of the Almighty to me as I have during this journey, alhamdulillah. And yes, there are bad times. I'm not painting a pretty picture at all about what happens. But even through that bad times, I keep myself time to say you know what i'm angry i don't want to talk i don't feel like being this and i don't want to feel like i don't feel like doing that but why there's then there, you literally you reassure yourself and then later allah shows you again you know i am so here. you're not asking me what you want so ask me and i will provide for you so alhamdulillah from the spiritual side the school and learning about you know the quran and and how how wonderful almighty did bring a foundation um, to, to this. And if I, like, once again, if I, if I said I would go through this journey differently without Quran, um, I would be lying. But uh, it really is a strong foundation to have. I'm not saying that every cancer patient should start with marasah, but what I'm saying is pull closer to the positive words of your face and the positivity of Allah, and that, inshallah, will help you through. Um, it is scary to think about this. Even the other day, I was telling my friend yeah the other day I was saying you know what Earlier, when I lay there in bed and I'm feeling so sick I asked myself how does that cancer patient wait to die you know because sometimes there are people who get stage who are stage four and they all well, you know they they don't have these no prognosis they are told that if they're on morphine for the for the duration of their life you literally feel your body in pain you feel things breaking down and I told I said i I'm scared I'm scared that that would happen to me, although I'm most positive that I'm going to beat this journey and oh, i going to give me, you know, many years, alhamdulillah, cancer-free, but I relate to the cancer patient who's laying there waiting to pass away. And yes, we all want our families around us, but I think what was very real for me during this chemo session was that the body really is a powerful um, um, creation and we shouldn't take it for granted, um, but inevitably it will break down and it has to go. And so so I, I'm trying to paint a picture of how real the cancer really does make you think, because that's the reality of what our families think. You know, our families just think, oh my gosh, we're gonna leave, you know, we're gonna die. But we as the cancer patient, we think about the other side and what would then happen and how will it feel, you know? So um, I hope that that, kind of puts things into perspective with regards to the sure. uh, I
0: think, as uh, just said that you mentioned that you had started, you know, learning Quran in terms of yeah. improving your connection with Allah through Quran at the beginning of the year and I always say to myself, like through life, I always say there are no such things as coincidences, like things happen for no, a no. reason. No, there are no. people who you meet for a reason. There are people that Allah puts in your path for a reason. Whether it's someone that's in a wheelchair because you're going to you know, have to deal with disability through your life, Mm -hmm. through whatever, whatever. for me, that is very clear, that nothing happens as a coincidence. And we often think, you know, oh, that was just by chance. It was not by chance that you had chosen this journey to get closer to Allah. And perhaps even the cancer, it's hard to look at it that way, but that could possibly be, you know, your blessing in terms of your closeness to your creator through the journey, which I know Mm -hmm. is a difficult journey, but a, a, a better way to almost spin that, you know, no, I'm, difficult I'm, into something that is absolutely
1: positive. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I'm sorry, I've got a bit of hay fever this morning, but you know what was so fascinating for me, Pfizer um, was that when Doctor got the biopsy results, um uh, technology is amazing. He told me he said, you know, your cancer started the previous year in September, and I was dumbstruck. You know because mm-hmm. that was the month that my sister died unexpectedly wow. sure. and and more so the your breast uh, the metaphorical um uh, um for the metaphorical aspect of your breast is actually parent wounds and this went exactly around that so I do believe that my trauma was when when she had passed away i didn't deal with it really well and i suppressed it and that's exactly what we as women do don't we we just kind of put everyone else Mm -hmm. in front Uh, of us yeah they they go first and and we just grieve in our own way because guess what we're strong and we can do it later on but guess what it manifests inside of us it manifests in some and um i've then realized you know the power of, of of our mind and of the power of the emotions and 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 energies around us and that has brought so much more um, calmness in me because now I realize that I'm actually I am human and I'm allowed to to grieve and I'm allowed to mourn and I mean loss is one thing to mourn but there's so many other traumas that we experience that we are not mourning and um, so that I'm consciously aware of the lessons that the cancer has been teaching me, trying to be in control, um, wanting to plan things to, to go our way, you know, and so forth. So, yeah, it's just, it was very interesting for me to experience all of this. I think
0: I think our next pro- program would have to be on emotional dysregulation with women because I think that's yeah. literally how every woman lives her life, um, whether through anger and shouting at her kids and then her body takes hours yeah. to regulate, but we don't yeah. realize it we don't. go and we go and we go um, exactly. and the body's exactly. slowly breaking down uh, yeah. and then we say it's age but really i mean i've seen we've seen many older generations that are strong and they are solid but they felt when they needed to feel and they showed exactly. when they needed to show emotion um yeah. but they also you know had time to have tea with their friends in the afternoon exactly. they're able to just be exactly. um Absolutely. and i think women in this day and age have been given way too much to do mm-hmm, um, in terms mm-hmm. of a masculine world saying you've mm-hmm. got to be this way so now we've got to be everything to everyone and earn and do everything else. Exactly. And so you're not allowed to feel because if you've got a masculine energy then why would yeah. you cry? Something exactly. Else you cry? So, it's a sign of, a sign of weakness think. because you're supposed to be strong right? Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's time yeah I think many of us feel that it's time that many women be able to take back from that and be oh, feminine just in just their
1: faces. Yeah, and, and just you're, taking, able to you're be... taking the words out of my mouth. It is absolutely <laughs> that. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind settling down and just not having to worry about anything because as a single mom, you have to take on the role of, of the, the male woman, you know, and also male as well. So you kind of have to be strong and have to do things, make decisions. And I wish I could just kind of sit back and say, can I just be a female for a child
0: and just, just not have but to worry But it's become a reality. Yes, and Yumna yeah. has become a reality for many women, either through yeah. lo- uh, loss through death or loss through divorce. And this is becoming a massive reality. And so, you know, being able to somehow find that space where women can just be themselves and feel the emotion, I think is. Incredible. We're going to round up the yeah. program now, Yumna. So, when it yeah. comes to sort of what would you say to women, whether they've been diagnosed or not diagnosed, whether it's cancer, whether it's you know, other types of illnesses that they are sitting with, that they, kind of are debilitating. A lot of um, autoimmune conditions are coming up. A lot of women are struggling with rheumatoid, for example. Whatever the illness or sickness is that they are in, what would be your greatest sort of advice to anyone going through any type of illness but feeling like they are less than because of it?
1: Wow. Um I think the message would be that... Um, to get in touch with themselves, go inside, you know. Go inside and really have, um, find inside of you um, some sort of, uh, almost a a sense of um, peace. I mean, go on that healing journey to find inner peace. Um, It's important because it prepares us for the challenge ahead. Um, with regard to fighting the battle of the illness, whatever the diagnosis would be. Um, healing to me has always been a priority, or not not for me personally, but for the woman I work with. It's always about pathways to healing, how do we find peace, how do we find, inner contentment and and all of that because if you are not at peace with who you are as an individual, you cannot fulfill any of the other roles and you cannot fulfill any of the demands of the other roles, which includes being ill or being the mom or fighting the disease or, um, you know, being the career person that you you want to be. Go inward. Look in the mirror. Look at yourself. Start falling in love with who you are, with your body. And... um, um, plan your healing because if you don't have a plan to heal you will not have a purpose we want to go back to Allah in the best form that we are spiritually um, and we want to make sure that we we do what we need to do in order to, to you know we want to be paid for that journey but it won't start if we are constantly putting everyone else first and constantly um, making sure that the house is in order when in actual fact we are disadvantaging ourselves. So start the process, look internally, heal thee first, own up to the vulnerabilities that you need to be, that you are hiding. Own up to all of that and inshallah, um, ask Allah to guide you through the journey and to make it easy on you, inshallah.
0: So thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you today, Yumna, and we wish you inshallah complete shifa and ease I mean, through your journey. Um, I mean, and we hope to speak Again, you know, yes, um, not, not often, you know, and keep and just keep an eye on how things are going, and perhaps also, um, just like you said, enable women through the process to be able to just be able to take on life despite mm-hmm. the challenges in, in the best yes. way that we can. So, thank you so much for that. Um, upon all the warahmatullahi wabarakatuh wa as assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh that was just a Sabin. quite a powerful conversation i would say in terms of having illness cancer and being able to deal with it from so many perspectives um and in a in a very um, you know, public space uh, on an online platform and being able to help, inshallah, other women through the process. For now, a short break. When we come back, we look at life lessons. Stay. Tuned. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Radio Sam International with me, Sister Munshi, on New Horizons. That's this is our segment, Life Lessons, a space to ponder weekly about the little things and the big things that take place in our world and the lessons we derive from it. Um, I think there was no bigger thing, uh, you know, in the past week or so, just a bit longer than that, with regard to um what's been happening as opposed to you know looking at matric results um and in this week as i you know spoke to parents and friends and uh, those that are just impacted with having had matric results some are absolutely ecstatic they are proud of they, themselves. And they, You know, uh, and the kids are proud of themselves. The parents are like beaming because they've done so well. And others, on the other hand, are feeling really down. And I wanted to use the word failure. I said in the beginning of the program, use the word failure. And I'm using this on purpose because for many of us, when we think about failure, we think about not passing it all. You know, you didn't get through it, you failed, so so to speak. But as I spoke to different people, I've realized that in the last week, our kids have looked at their, their process is very different. They may have seen different scenarios as a failure. So a kid that didn't get a distinction, for example, where they expected to, or someone that got, you know, six instead of seven distinctions felt that in that space of that last distinction, there was a bit of a failure. Um, you know, not getting into the university of their choice that they're seeing as a There's so many scenarios, and I can't p- paint a picture of all of them, but these are just some of the instances that I've spoken to parents um or spoken to kids and they said you know i didn't do as well as i wanted to and i don't feel good um i need to rewrite this exam i need to remark this exam um and that feeling often you know manifests itself as as a fail within our children and i just wonder now you know for many of us for many parents out there whose kids have completed matric some like we said are, are okay they're happy with their results they've accepted it but some may be feeling this how do we how do we deal with this you know how do are we underplaying the emotions are we giving them that space to be able to say you know what it's okay to feel like this but let's look at this and one of the i'm just going to go through a few things that i've picked up in terms of research when i look at you know when we deal with a failure and like I said, I'm using that word very purposely because sometimes we need to go to our children and ask them, is this how you're really feeling? You know, even though you've done so well in so many subjects, is, is your is your core um, you know, focus on the one that you didn't get? And so we need to just understand where they're at and we need to separate their failure from their identity. It's a very difficult thing to do when you're going through a space where you feel that you haven't done well. But remember that the setback of the failure isn't a reflection of who you are as an individual right and by understanding that failure is just part of the process not part of who we are as an identity you can maintain the confidence to continue pursuing a goal so for the example they you know if they take the failure as a full identity they're not going to move forward and say okay maybe i did not get into the university of my choice but what's my Okay. What's my second? What, what's the second step? Where can I go from here? I'm not a complete failure. But if we take it as part of identity, they may sit back and be really, really shattered and not be able to even look at how do I get to my goal, but maybe from a different avenue. I think it's really important is being able to separate failure from identity. And and one of the biggest things, and I think it's very difficult for many of us as adults as well. Told, you know, no matter what, we don't want to fail. You know, but. But when we do, we need to learn from it. And we see it as a constructive criticism. It's different, you know, in different spaces. Um, And then we've got to maybe sit back. Even our kids may have to sit back and say, you know, what happened? Was there a glitch in the system? Was there a glitch in my studying? Was there something I could have done differently? Or is there, you know, do I need to take this up with the relevant organizations to be able to move this forward and see why there was um, a... I expected something very different from this process. So what is the problem? So learning from that failure and being able to move forward from it. And then in that space, finding a new perspective, starting to understand that failure is very hard to deal with, but very much a part of life, very much a part of the learning process. And the thing about it is that so for many of us, as we become adults, we fail very little because we don't try. We don't put ourselves out there because we're too afraid. And I think sometimes it's probably ingrained in us from the time we got our metric results because that's such a powerful moment. And I think. As parents now of kids who may have come out of matric and may not be in the spaces where they wish they were, we've got a powerful responsibility and a powerful space for them to be able to identify that that is not who they are. That is not their full identity. That piece of paper does not define everything for them in the future. So finding a new perspective on this, you know, shifting the perspective away from the negative thoughts and focus on the positive things. You know, this is where you've done well. Um, You know, so maybe understanding that, You had a goal in mind, but maybe Allah had something else planned for you. Maybe you just need to look in a different direction, and that's where, you know, it is important to be able to say, okay, what is this? Why has this happened? And what is a new perspective I can gain from this? I know it's easier said than done, but I think sometimes we've got to sit back because in the in the country that we're in, in the education system that we're in, there's going to be so many kids that are going to be so disappointed and have that feeling of failure because they haven't gotten into the spaces and into the universities, into the you know, where they wanted to go, they they set their hearts on it, they worked hard for it, and it didn't happen because there's so few spaces for so many kids. And so we need to be able to be that support for them. So they need to get the support from others. And perhaps we or their friends and anyone around them needs to take talking to someone close is very good for them and very good for us because the parents themselves, you listening as a parent of a child who's done, gone through all of this, you have your emotion as well. So you know, get support from others and understand that we can always gain a new perspective from where we are to where we want to go. Just so that, it, and the, but the main thing once again is just making sure that we do not make failure or what we perceive as a failure a part of our identity. So that was lessons learned from this week. Um, I'm hoping, inshallah, it's been positive and it's been good for each and every one of us. It's been an incredible program. Until next time, for me, Sister Faiza Munshi. It's Wassalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.